Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Writer's Life Mini Podcast. I'm your host, Charvella Campbell, and today I'm speaking with best-selling author Maria Mernan. We will discuss her series of novels, writing projects, and some practical marketing strategies for your book. Maria, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So as we begin, please tell us about yourself and your writing background. Well, I always like to say that my writing background is a little crazy the way I became an author. I always I always kind of thought it'd be fun to write a novel, but it never went beyond that because I had no idea what the novel would be about or anything. But I've always loved writing. and um, I mean, I was an English major in college, but uh, that was kind of about it. I worked in a PR agency. And then one day I quit my job and I ended up living in Argentina for a year. I actually worked on there just for a couple weeks and then I decided not to come back. And I stayed down there and I started playing um, semi-professional soccer. And it was just this crazy situation. And so since then I was down there and I had all this kind of free time, I decided that that was it. I was going to write a novel and I had no idea what I was doing, but I thought, if I'm going to do this for her, I'm going to do it now. So I just kind of started writing and writing and writing and then fast forward a few years and now I have eight novels. So it all kind of started by taking a chance and quitting a job I hated and then finding a new career that I never really knew I could have until I, until I did that. That's a fascinating story. Um, yeah. I believe, Maria, a lot of times, as you mentioned, it was a job that you, you were doing a job that you didn't really like and didn't have a passion for. And I can't tell you the stories that I've heard from, you know, just colleagues and people in my circle that they really, they haven't really found their niche or their their purpose, and they just kind of stay stuck sometimes, and they want to write and do all these other things, and they're afraid to do it. And so I, I commend you for that, just um, getting out there, you know, getting your feet wet, so to speak, because a lot of people don't have the courage to do that. I think that's a great great story well people always wonder how I was able to pack up and move to Argentina for a year but I would always say I didn't really do that I all I did was I went for two weeks and then I just didn't come back so it's always a lot easier not to go back than it is to make a monumental decision to do something like that but it was a really good lesson in life like now I've learned that if if you're not happy um, it's up to you to make a change because no one's going to come around and change your life for you Right. So it's really it's really up to you, and that's sort of how it comes. If you really want to write a book, I meet people all the time who say they want to write a book, and most people never do. And I I just look at them and I say, well, it's up to you. Like no one's going to write it for you, um, but if you really want to do it, you can. You just have to you have to sit down and start. And your Waverly Bryson series of novels that was recognized by Publishers Weekly Review. What inspired that series? Well, so when I said that, I always kind of. I would want to write a book, but I didn't know what it would be about. That was because I just lived in San Francisco, and I was working in PR, and just all these funny things were always happening to me and my friends, and I just always would say, oh, I should put this in a book, I should put this in a book. So when I started writing a book, I thought, all right, I'll write a story about a woman who works in PR in San Francisco. And so I kind of just started sketching out maybe what it would look like, and um, I, I kind of thought, I don't, I don't know how the whole story would unfold, but I could base it, you know, say if an entire story was maybe A to Z, I kind of had in my head, like, what would happen from, like, A to E, so I just kind of started writing that, and then I just made a big list of funny things that I thought would be interesting to include in the story, um, and so it was sort of loosely based on my life, but I always say that it was sort of like my life and my life were way worse, 
exciting. So Waverly's Life is actually really, really exciting. Um, but what I did is I wrote this book, and then when I finished that, I realized that I actually kind of wanted to know what would happen next. And then I wrote another one, and then same thing. Like I thought, well, I, I want to know what happens to her next when I wrote another one. So I ended up writing four novels, and they became increasingly more entirely fiction. Like the first one was loosely based on me, but um, you know, certain things in my life would kind of impact how Waverly's life went. But after a while, it became you know completely made up. But her personality was based on me. And I remember um, when people say, what, you know, what's the story like? I would say, well, reading one of in the books, he's kind of like listening to me talk for 300 pages. It's in first person, and it's fun. They say most people's first novel is based on themselves, and I'm a classic example of that. You know, I particularly like the concept behind, I think it was the third installment of the series, Honey on Your Mind. When she uh-huh. when she steps out on that leap of faith and she you know she goes to a new city new job new lifestyle and I think it in ways we all relate to that whether it's um, in a writing career or, or life some life changing event and you touched on it um, what has been just either professionally or personally ways that you felt you you were similar to Waverly's experience. I think you touched on it a little bit. Yeah, well, so with uh, with Honey on Your Mind, we really decided to move from San Francisco to New York. And in real life, I was moving from San Francisco to New York. And I've learned that you write what you know in terms, especially with geography. So um, I thought it would be kind of fun to see, you know, Waverly was exploring New York and learning all about it just as I was having that experience for myself. So that's why I decided to uproot her. But the reason I moved to New York was sort of because I mentioned that I learned that lesson about if you're not happy, you need to change your life. So I was not happy in San Francisco when I got back. I was having the hardest time getting the first book. The, um, the first wave of the book is called Perfect on Paper. I was having a really hard time getting that published. So I finally just gave up and moved to, uh, moved to New York. And after about, I've been here about a month, then I finally got a call from a publisher that they wanted to publish it. Um, so that was kind of like a, a dream come true, but it was another like just example of how you have to just sort of take your life in your own hands because you know if, if you're not happy, it's up to you to change it. So that's why Waverly and I both moved to New York. And I love the fact that there's such a connection to the characters. Um, for me, I, I'm a short story writer. That's really my area that I love, and I tend to delve into that. Um, when I write these different characters, it's as though I can tell the ones that really resonate more with me because I'll go back and I'll read that story over and over again. And it's like, well, I wrote it, but if I read it again, it's as though I can see it from a different angle and I connect with that character all over again. So it, it seems like you have that experience. Like you mentioned, you write one book and then you say, well, I want to see what happened what happened with Waverly and then you'll write another uh-huh. so I can I can definitely relate to that that connection yeah that's when you know you have a good character when they they seem like real people like you know you're making them originally but then if you go back and read and you get engaged with what they're saying then you know you've created something that um, is pretty cool because it seems like a real person and it seems like you have a, a common theme with the books or the series. There's a lot of courage involved. Um, I know for me, my Waverly experience, uh, it wasn't moving to a new city or anything like that. I, 
it was more for me um, just growing up and being very introverted. And I remember I had to consciously find ways to, you know how they tell us, come out of your shell. You know, we hear that when we're growing up and, and it's like I had to kind of find a way to do that. And for me as a writer, I would, I would self-publish and I would um, sell books online and, and just do things. I'd interact with people online. But up to that point, I had not really done any interfacing with people. And so I remember years ago, I had my first big event and it was tons of people in the room. And it, of course, my tummy was just churning because I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. But I knew that I had to do that. And I ended up doing uh, a book reading. I read passages from the book. I did a Q&A session and just really got to interact with people. And it just turned out to be a very marvelous experience for me because it's it's like you really you're stretching yourself beyond a comfort zone. And that was like an aha moment for me. It was it's, I'll never forget it. It's an experience I'll never forget. And I've done events since that time. But that was the first time I really got out there and just, you know, just interfaced with people and made those connections. So it's, it's just one of the things you never forget. Yeah, I've had some experiences like that, too. Um, and it really is kind of amazing because even if it's just, it really is important, I think, for writers to celebrate when they have, when the book is done. Because it, it's just an amazing accomplishment to write an entire book and no matter who publishes it or what kind of book it is. Um, it's just a, it's a really wonderful thing. So I think everyone should try to do is, you know, at least a book launch party or something to just to celebrate what you've done. And I think it's good too because people, you know, they buy our books online, but I think that people just really like to see you up front. And and I learned from that. It's like this is great to be able to shake people's hand and and talk to them and have them sign up for like mailing lists. And I'm like I've never done that before. So it's good to to really see each other in person. You know, it, it makes the connection much bigger than it was before. Yes, definitely. I mean, anytime, anytime you can have a personal connection with a potential reader or reader, I mean, ideally in, in person is best. Um, but even if it can't be in person, if you can personalize the interaction you have with them over email or whatever it may be, that really makes a big difference. Um, you know, you, you asked about marketing strategies and um, I think that's one of the reasons I've been successful is because I've taken an amazing amount of time to connect on an individual level with a lot of people, um, as opposed to just, you know, blasting out a bulk email to everyone I know. When I first published my book, I spent, I mean, I would guess almost like 40 hours. I think I emailed everyone I know, <laughs> and I had like a, a template about the, you know, the basics about the book and where to buy it. But then I would open every single email with like a paragraph, per, you know, to that person, specifically catching up about this and that and how we know each other and stuff. So it was, it was just this book spam email. And I asked all of them to please check out the book. And um, I kind of forgotten about that until the other day I got a blast email from a guy I used to work with and I haven't seen him for a really long time. And it was like a bulk email about his book that's coming out. And I kind of just said, oh, you know, oh, you know, congratulations. But that was, but if he had taken the time to email me directly and say, hey, what's been going on with you since I last saw you and it was, I probably would have bought his book. Um, so I think yeah. that that personal connection you have with someone is, is really, really important. And it's very time-consuming and it can be exhausting, but I think it's so important and it's very rewarding. Absolutely. 
and you've posted several great articles on your own website and also the She Writes website. That's where I first saw your work. And a lot of it's to aid writers along, of course, you provide tips on pitching their work and particularly with marketing. Why do you think it's it's so hard for writers to promote and market their work? We do the writing, we publish, and then it's kind of like, okay, now what? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think because it's just, you know, it's a, marketing is a completely different skill set than, than writing, and so it's almost like a foreign language to a lot of people who maybe have written a really interesting book, but they have no idea what to do to get the word out there, and it's just completely foreign to them, and so um, I feel for those people, I, I feel very fortunate because my background is in PR and marketing, so it's just, I kind of think in creative ways about how to reach a target audience. But for someone who doesn't even know what a target audience or what marketing involves at all, it can be overwhelming and so they just do nothing. I just think, oh, my book's available on Amazon, that's all, let's just cross our fingers. But that, that doesn't really work. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a necessary evil. And um, that's, I think, why I try to share a lot of tips because I know it's just not, it just doesn't come naturally for a lot of people. And also it doesn't come naturally for, for the people who do like your book. So I think it's really important, too, is you may say you have five friends of yours who might absolutely love your book, but then they have no idea how to spread the word either. So it's almost like the more you can make it easy for people who like your book to te- you know, tell them how they can help you, those sorts of things have a ripple effect. And those are the sorts of tips that I try to share on my blog. That's important. You mentioned show people how to help us. And I know that I think one of the things, at least I went through this early on when I first started self-publishing, I had to get it in my mind that you're good at what you do. You deserve for people to listen to you and read your work. I had to kind of tell myself that because I think that that might have a part on it, too, where people just they're not as confident as they should be. And like you said, they don't know how to get the work, how to get the work out there and to spread it. You have to really believe in yourself to even get to that point. Yeah, you know, and just to clarify, like, so my, my first book, I couldn't get it published. Like, it took me, I mean, I had an agent, and then she spent a year trying to pitch it, and she couldn't get, she couldn't sell it, so then she fired me, so then I rewrote it, then I tried to pitch it again, couldn't get anybody, so it was like a two-year ordeal where I finally just gave up and self-published it, but I was so determined that all these people were wrong that I spent, like, a year doing everything I could think of to get the word out about that book, um, Perfect on Paper, and then within a year, it had more than 100 five-star reviews on Amazon from all from people I didn't even know, like real, legit reviewers. Um, And then it was like right around that time is when I was moving to New York because I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm doing all this stuff to market this book, and I still can't get it published. But then I finally got the call, um, and then it got picked up by Amazon Publishing. So I completely empathize with you because I know what it is. You got that lack of confidence, like, well, why wouldn't someone want to read my book if I couldn't even get it published? But if you know it's good, that's all that matters, you know, because – there's a lot of wonderful books out there that get overlooked for whatever reason. So if you believe in your book, then you just do whatever you can and get over that sort of inferiority complex because I completely struggle with that too. Would you recommend um, just for someone, not I, won't, I don't know if agent is the right word, but let's say a person publishes a book. Is it wise to just kind of have, you know, kind of like a sidekick, someone that can just back you up and support you because I think we get so overwhelmed with the whole writing experience and the publishing, it's good to have someone reliable, whether it's a friend or somebody that we know we can just trust. Um, anything from helping us 
organize or coordinate book fair events and, and workshops and things like that. I think it would probably be good to have someone like that as well. Yeah, I had uh, my mom and my dad. <laughs> I, I, they, I called them my back office staff. And I, my dad did so much for me, and I would always call them my highly unpaid intern. Mm-hmm. But my parents both really believed in this book. Like even my, and it was, that's, what was, that, that's what showed me that something. Because my dad, he told me that when he finally read my manuscript, because he took him a while to get around to reading it, but he said that he, um, he was reading it in a coffee shop one day, and he said he started laughing so hard reading my book that he started crying. And then mm-hmm. two women came over to see if he was okay because they thought he was having like a heart attack or something. And I was like a seventy-year-old man cracking up about this book about a thirty-two-year-old woman in San Francisco. And um, and he's like, this book is amazing. So he's the one who actually encouraged me to to go ahead and self-publish it. And so he was like my little staff and helped in a bunch of ways. But having that support system is is really very important because you know lonely is a writing is a lonely craft. And uh, you know those people can't be with you when you're actually writing, but when you're doing all this other stuff around the writing, it's really important to have a support system. Absolutely. So, what current projects are you working on, and any upcoming events? Well, uh, actually, so I'm not working on a novel right now, but specifically, I've been working on a screenplay, and I've adapted one of my novels into a screenplay, and this was a whole process because I had to learn how to do that. So I, because this is interesting, for years and years people have been telling me, oh, your books would make great movies, you know, because they're all romantic comedies and everyone loves romantic comedies, right? So I kind of just got tired of waiting around for someone to come in and do this for me. So I talked to a friend of mine who was kind of like an indie film guy, and he really pushed me to just write the screenplay myself. So I took some screenwriting courses and then took a stab at it, and then I've been working and working and working, and then it's been a couple years. And then uh, through just basically contacting everyone I've ever met, was able to get into the hands of a very successful Hollywood producer. So now he's optioned it, and he is shopping it around to some super super powerful people in the industry. So cross your fingers, because that's my that's been my dream forever is to have one of these books become a movie. So if we could just get somebody to say yes, it might actually happen. But oh, that's fantastic! I'm really, I'm really hoping that it will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really hope that goes through for you. Uh, I'll tell you, I that's so that's too. that's fabulous if you can get that out there. I know. I hope so. But it's the same sort of attitude, right? Like, I just have to go for it. Um, people are people are saying no. You have to, you know, you have to kind of do these things on your own. And um, you know, if you just wait around for things to happen, like every author out there wants someone to come and make a movie out of their book, right? But um, I've learned that, if you, you know, I've met several people who say, oh, I'm just sending my book out to various people in Hollywood, hoping they'll read it and then make a movie out of it. And I mean, that doesn't work because nobody in Hollywood will read an entire book. Like, even trying to get them to read a screenplay is hard. Mm-hmm. So just like taking that first step and just doing it yourself, like maybe that, maybe that will work and maybe it won't work, but at least I tried and I'm really happy with the results. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And I certainly wish you the best on that. So thank you so much for joining me today. It's it's been a pleasure speaking with you, Maria. And everybody, please check out her website, www.mariamernan.com, for her novel series, Waverly Bryson. She's got some other great books on there as well. Bridges, Wait for the Rain, Catwalk, and Cassidy Lane, as well as the blog articles. And Maria is also on social media, Twitter and Facebook at Maria Mernan. 
and Instagram at Maria Mernan Writer. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Take care. Until next time.